From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Yes, browse our shop. Get a, a TNT Radio mouse pad um, like I have uh, right here, among other cool products. Um, also, a quick reminder, last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for this upcoming February 20th and 21st at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he'll be extradited and re- renditioned to the United Soviet States of America. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days if required. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. Also, the London premiere of the Trust Fall Julian Assange will be at Rio Cinemas uh, Sunday, February 18th at 1 p.m. The film will be followed by a panel discussion and Q&A with Tariq Ali, Kristen Hraffensen, and hopefully Stella Assange. To find out more, uh, just search in the using the search engine. Uh, you shouldn't use Google, but in the search engine, search for the Trust Fall Julian Assange London premiere. Uh, as always, TNT is lighting the fuse for freedom. What is happening on the planet? Um, some good news. Apple fans are starting to return their dystopian vision pros. Comfort, headache, and eye strain are among the top reasons people say they're returning their vision pro headsets, which cost a, a paltry, a measly 3500 dollars that's like a really good gaming desktop or 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 laptop yeah no no i prefer nature you know i'd rather go for a swim in the sea right here or um vision pro thing metaverse yeah no no thank you so um that's some good news um i thought this was an extremely interesting post we got from riley wagaman who's out in in russia and he's got a critical eye uh, on russia he says, he reports, the Russian government is creating electronic passports for athletes. An order on the digital transformation of sports uh, was dated a week ago, February 8th. It states, quote, the project also involves the introduction of electronic passports for athletes. The formation of such digital documents will make the selection of talented youth more effective and increase the effectiveness of sports training this work should be completed by 2027 so electronic sports passports all right all righty then as ace ventura would say also you know uh, interesting news out of russia putin urges russians to have more kids says ethnic survival at stake although at the same time he's increasing the vaccine um protocol uh in in russia and and pushing the pentagon juice i don't i don't know how that squares or works if that stuff damages your health and fertility whatever but uh he says uh, R- russian families must produce at least two children for the sake of the nation's ethnic survival and three or more if it's to develop and thrive that is true not just for russia but any country let's all go back to making humans producing humans those are the best resources human resources they're natural resources <laughs> as uh, as well russia has suffered uh, heavy but undisclosed 
casualties since launching its war in Ukraine a couple of years back. Hundreds of thousands of people have fled the country. Uh, Putin told employees at a tank factory in the Urals that two children per family was the minimum number if the people of Russia were to preserve their identities. Uh, and more Pentagon fear porn uh, narrative. Expect China to attack U.S. infrastructure within three years, says Mitre, uh, Mitre, M-I-T-R-E chief. The U.S. needs to figure out how to disconnect its industrial control systems from its networks and fast, says a t top leader of the defense R&D not-for-profit. Again, it's that narrative um, that they're prepping us for, that there's going to be a cyber event, and when it happens, it's going to be the Russians, the Chinese, Iranians, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not going to be a false flag. It's not going to be some special black ops from Davos. It's just going to be the Russians or, or Chinese or whatever. And on top of that, you have FBI director saying Chinese hackers are poised to attack as infiltrations reach fever pitch. China's cyber attacks against the U.S. and its allies are reaching a fever pitch, says FBI director Chris Ray at the Munich Cyber Security Conference today. So it's it's like the, the Chinese are coming to get us uh, again. Uh, also, there's an um, update that says that U.S. conducted cyber attack on suspected Iranian spy ship. Uh, U.S. conducted the cyber attack uh, against the, their military ship in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden that had been collecting intelligence and cargo vessels. The cyber attack took place a week ago as part of a U.S. government response to a drone attack by Iranian-backed militias. Uh, the operation was intended to inhibit the Iranian ship's ability to share intel with Houthi mil uh, militants in Yemen. We've also got a statement, uh, the Lebanese resistance movement of Hezbollah says the regional resistance access is resolved to liberate Palestine from Israeli occupation and aggression, no matter the cost. And again, more fear porn from U.S. media. This is Fox News, and the headline says, Iran declares Antarctica its property in direct challenge to Biden global treaties published today. And then, But when you read the first sentence it says iran's navy commander announced in televised broadcast last fall that the regime owns antarctica and will build a military operation in the south pole i mentioned that when it came out but this is published today what this is old news why are they just rehashing oh last fall iran said they're gonna take over antarctica like it's so clown clown worldish um and also this is interesting from anti-war that the U.S. Air Force and Space Force announced the plan for a major overhaul of force structures to prepare for a future war with China in the Asia Pacific. Fun times ahead. Fun times uh, ahead. Do you have a suggestion for possible guests uh, that you would like to hear on TNT? Or perhaps you have a topic you feel we should discuss? We'd love to hear from you fill out the suggestion form on the tnt website tntradio.live you can also message any one of us hosts uh presenters go to our respective uh, contact form uh toss in your your comments uh or suggestion there help us make a difference on today's news talk tnt the facts no spin or agenda not enough with the lies we need the facts this is today's news talk radio tnt
A dozen anonymous victims of pedophile financier, the late Jeffrey Epstein, have sued the FBI, alleging that the agency failed to properly investigate the notorious sex offender. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT News producer Adam Clark, codename Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. Yep, they, uh, the 12 women that are, that is, uh, they claim that the FBI sat on reports about Epstein's activities for two decades, allowing the victims to be, and I'm quoting, quote, trafficked, abused, raped, tortured, and threatened, end quote. Uh, this lawsuit was filed in a federal court in New York on Wednesday, Valentine's Day, uh, by 12 women, uh, all of whom are only referred to in the document as the anonymous names of Jane Doe's, plural, uh, quoting from the complaint, quote, for over two decades, the Federal Bureau of Investigation permitted Jeffrey Epstein to sex traffic and sexually abuse scores of children and young women by failing to do the job the American people expected of it. As a result of the continued failures of the FBI, Jane Doe's 1 through 12 bring this lawsuit to get to the bottom once and for all of the FBI's role in Epstein's criminal sex trafficking ring, end quote. Uh, according to the lawsuit, the FBI began receiving tips, reports, and complaints about Epstein's alleged trafficking and abuse of minors in 1996, but failed to open a case or share this information with other law enforcement agencies. Hmm. The FBI eventually opened a case 10 years later in 2006, two years before Epstein pleaded guilty to a child prostitution charge in Florida. A controversial plea deal, sorry, plea deal, saw Epstein register as a sex offender and serve 13 months on supervised release in lieu of a possible life sentence, despite the fact that he had been convicted for one offense and dodged a litany of other sex trafficking charges, the FBI continued to ignore tips that flowed in over the next decade, according to the lawsuit. Uh, the complaint says, quote, as a direct and proximate cause of the FBI's negligence, plaintiffs would not have been continued to be sex trafficked, abused, raped, tortured, and threatened, end quote. Epstein was eventually arrested in 2019 and charged with the trafficking of dozens of minors. He hashtag didn't kill himself, but died awaiting trial in a Manhattan jail cell a month later. Uh, his death officially ruled a suicide. Uh, Epstein's girlfriend and madam, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, was sentenced to 20 years behind bars for child sex trafficking in 2022, where I believe she is to this day, hopefully, but I believe she's complaining about her diet or something like that, her worry. Uh, what do you think about this move from the uh, 12 anonymous Jane Doe's seeking to sue the FBI? Uh, do you think they're on to something? Uh, yeah, of course, I think they're on to something. And it's insane that, you know, it says here that the complaint will allege that the agency had photographs, video interviews, hard evidence of child prostitution and uh, failed to timely investigate and arrest Epstein. In deviation from the FBI protocols, it reminds me of a recent conversation um, with J. Michael Waller, who, you know, he wrote the book on how the FBI and CIA have become deep state villains. And he worked in the CIA 
And, you know, his conclusion was that the FBI should be done away with. Um, you know, we have this negative image of J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, J. Michael Waller painted a, you know, slightly not as negative image of, of Hoover saying that, you know, Hoover, despite his criticisms, was trying to do some good work. Um, but today that the FBI, FBI I mean, if, if people like Waller say get rid of the FBI, disband it, and then we hear stories like this, you put two and two together where even insiders are saying it's 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 corrupt. Uh, or take the case of Vivek Ramaswamy while he was doing his campaign. Uh, uh, an ex-FBI guy came up to him and said, you're doing good work. And he said, be careful, they might take you out. So if you got former FBI agents themselves warning presidential candidates that the FBI might come after you for being, a, you know, telling the truth. It's it's just it doesn't look good for any which way you, you shake it regarding the reputation of the FBI. And so what these um, Jane Doe's their complaint, it, it seems that there's there's weight um, to it. No. Well, yes, of course, uh, you know, and that's OK. See, my point I'm about to bring up is that all the focus is on the FBI, Ooh, FBI, this FBI, that we're still forgetting. Everyone is ignoring in all of these reports that what I'm about to state should be the clear, obvious answer to how all of this happened. I mean, if back in 1996, the FBI decided to you know, ignore this, overlook this, enable this, cover it up or whatever. That's not necessarily because of like, you know, what the conservative Republicans would complain about now. Oh, this is Biden's FBI kind of a thing, the politics of it. No, clearly this is Jeffrey Epstein's FBI. This shows you the power of what Epstein was doing, what he's really technically been accused of, but never, you know, outright by the media. He was running a blackmail ring. Clearly he had maybe has, depending on how you look at it, the FBI in his pocket way back then in 1996. And now we want to worry about who or what has corrupted the FBI. I think, you know, we need to look at the bigger picture here and see how just one or two small people can basically rule a world. I mean, this is crazy. This opens up the door to all of these conspiracy theories that we talk about here, Rory. But this is living proof that the influence that this guy had on an entire intelligence agency uh, apparatus in the United States of America is absolutely frightening to me. Those are uh, excellent points. And, you know, if you have when you have a hierarchical structure, it's relatively easy to control, as you say, if you've got uh, blackmail, um, you know, when people in the past have examined, you know, Bilderberg and stuff like that. And you, know, you just it takes one director from the top of an organization to go to such an event, return to their workplace and issue a directive and everyone below follows it. And in this case, it would be uh, if they were caught up in blackmail um, and they would issue directives. No, don't look at that. Look, look, look this way, look that way. So, yeah, that is it's a problem. It's a widespread problem systemic in the system. What's the solution? I don't know. What 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 do we do? Well, I guess do we disband the FBI and create a new sort of start from scratch they are building a massive new headquarters hundreds of millions of dollars so yeah all right well i guess we'll just see what what happens thanks for that ruckus we'll be right back after the break tnt's pella neuroth taylor we we need to look do a lot of recon, deconstruction of these phrases and, and really think about what it means because 
what does far right mean? I, I'd say that far right means anything that you don't like. And um, it's just a label, a bit like the, the Chinese under Mao, their state press used to call uh, anyone who was an ideological opponent, capitalist pig dogs, whatever. And it was just meant to evoke a response. And it was a signal from the rulers to the rule that this is what you should think without actually having to think. It's, it's, it's a, meant to evoke a sort of Pavlovian reaction that you're a, these are bad guys. And uh, a moderate, in, in, in our lingo, I mean, let's say it's foreign coverage, the BBC will say the moderate blah, blah, blah party in the third world, meaning, well, they're the guys we approve of, and then the extremist is someone we don't approve of. Helen Neuroth Taylor on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. One reason people tune in to TNT Radio is often because they're loyal to a specific show or personality. Our personalities have been a part of people's daily routine, and people continue to tune in. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also helped kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Joining us on the broadcast is a super special, surprise, mysterious guest, Ruckus. That's, that's me. Hey, thanks for having me, Hervori. Uh, nice to be here. It's been a while. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I Speaking of all what I'm glad... I. Dude, I'm, I've been watching you and uh, Patrick Henningsen broadcasting from Anarchapoco, which I think is just really awesome that we're, you guys are doing that. Um, but I'm like mad jealous, mad jealous uh, on my side. You guys look like you are, you've got like a sunburn going on here. Can't call it a tan. Uh, you had a, a guest with you yesterday. I think it was Curtis Stone in person, right? And uh, you guys, you and him had like matching sunburns right on your nose. And I could just tell like, Oh man, they're living it up. They're out there. I watched Patrick Henningsen do like a live stream on Sunday Wire, I think, and everyone's just hanging out. And they're like, they're um, well, they're called wife beaters, but the uh, the muscle shirts, you know. And I'm like, I'm freezing over here in Texas with like 50 degree weather, and that shouldn't be that cold, I know. But I'm just jealous of the weather out there and the situation you guys are in, hanging out with some big people. Um, do you mind if I ask what like one of your highlights has been from watching the speakers and stuff there? Yeah, you know, the the mosquitoes aren't too bad. The food 
kind of not so great in Acapulco. Um, and it's hot. And where the event is, um, the secret garden, uh, there's little protection from the sun. That's the problem. And I, I'm not a hat person, although I think I should have obtained uh, a hat. That's why we're all fried. But I've been feeling good, healthy, because I think you get a lot of that vitamin D. Um, you know, but Curtis Stone just spoke today. So we had him on the show um, yesterday. If you missed it, check the archive. Uh, he gave an amazing speech, and it's one of those things. It's really fascinating, and people can um, purchase the replay for Anarchapulco. I'm actually going to do it because I missed a whole bunch of talks because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm doing this, um, and I think it's like 150 bucks. But you know, Stone was talking about to use the system in your favor. There's a lot of people who want to escape the matrix, but he's like, no, 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 no. That you've got the law that all are good that we have, international law or national laws, but he, he uses the term Swiss cheese. He, he may have briefly mentioned this last night. He went into depth today and that there are always remedies as he calls them, loopholes, remedies, which are for the elite. So think about this. So we have the law. It's not like some bad thing that we have to say, get rid of the, the law or the government. The law is chock full of loopholes and remedies that are meant for the elite. And that's why he said, you know, the Trudeaus and the Bidens, that they all legally are not paying tax and not doing any of this crazy stuff. And that that's not meant for us. But if you figure that out, you could have the same benefits as these elites. So kind of a whole new way of, thinking i like curtis patrick was great as well uh one of my favorites was david avocado uh wolf you know i've been following his meme channel 100,000 plus that guy's on fire he like doesn't eat very much uh he fasts a lot and he says that's that's a key to remaining um healthy jeff berwick was walking around today um with his stick at, at the anarchapulco <laughs> just filming and, and talking to people uh, yeah th th those would be some of the highlights and just you know Meeting some of the people, you know, Ian, Ian, uh, tomorrow he's speaking during my show, uh, Ian Smith, I think the, the gym owner, I think it was in Jersey where they were finding him like millions of dollars. Uh, and he fought for, uh, against, um, COVID. Um, yeah. It's always good getting together with these people too. Cause, uh, I noticed that you're hanging out in real life with two people who I recently hung out in real life with at a, uh, a, a little summit get together for alternate current radio, uh, that we did in some TNT people last summer in uh, Arizona. I think it was in Sedona, if I'm not mistaken. Beautiful place. Uh, but I'm like, I, you guys, I keep seeing so many of my TNT colleagues hanging out in real life with so many people that I've hung out with in real life. But you and I, Hervori, have not had the chance to hang out in real life yet. So we need to uh, rectify that sometime soon, my friend, because it's always great to actually meet these people and everybody in real life. Um, I know my friend uh, Hesher, Brian McLean, he's met you in real life. Um, Dr. Clown, who I have not yet to meet in real life as well, but I know he met you guys out there one time, which is cool. So it's really nice seeing all of these people that I admire and I consider like colleagues or uh, in some cases who I'm a fan of uh, to see you guys all hanging out together, doing your thing. Uh, Jeff Berwick, I, I used to watch that guy do live streams for his crypto stuff, right? And I liked his style where he would just walk around with his little selfie stick and he would have his dog. I think his dog's name was Lucy. Does he still have yep. that dog? Is, is the I, dog I, there? Lucy was just walking oh, okay. by me uh, Oh, that's today. so cool. Yeah. yeah, she was like probably more popular than he was on those live streams. That's what that's what we all need, Harori. We just need a little uh, selfie stick and a dog and, and we're all good to go, right? 
Um, as far as solutions go, I, I love to hear it because, you know, people confuse Anarchapoco with the whole anarchy movement, which there's a lot of that going on, too. Uh, but it's kind of similar to what you were doing recently with the Greater Reset, where, you know, you have all these people coming together, coming up with these ideas and these solutions. And you're absolutely right. Uh, or Curtis was right. Curtis Stone, uh, what you were mentioning there. All of these things are in place, and yeah, they're not going to get away. The, the, they're not going to take away the rules that they take advantage of, the laws, the loopholes, as it were. So they're always going to be there, and you just have to become educated. You have to learn how to do these things, and you know, most people don't because you know, unfortunately, we're all just a wee bit lazy, and to do that, it's you know, takes effort and work. Um, and it's not necessarily that people are lazy, but we're so distracted. See. Uh, these people, do you think the elites who run the world and who take advantage of these loopholes, do they spend how many how many hours do they sit at home watching Netflix on their couch? How many McDonald's burgers do they consume? You know what I mean? How much which which team were they rooting for in the Super Bowl? Do you imagine, Herbori? The answer is none of that, right? They, they They focus on other things, intellectual things, and we need to do the same thing to fight back. Yeah, and another thing that I was thinking specifically about today was just the business ideas. You know, Curtis Stone was saying, you know, you need the mindset, you need knowledge, you need resources, and you need a piece of land, water, you know, resources on your land, food, water. But um, that includes capital. You know, and I'm not necessarily complaining for myself. I'm content with little. But to see there are a lot of people here, podcasters, uh, speakers, authors, who are doing extremely well financially and it's interesting to hear their stories and then see what you know i can maybe or, or you know attendees replicate um in our own lives to become more um successful because if you're more successful in that sense like you say you can spend more time preparing educating others helping others uh and, and worrying less about the the nine to five sort of deal and so i think that is important not to get wealthy for the sake of getting wealthy but um as you know, it's it's sort of a as a weapon which allows you to do more. It's just mind-boggling to see in some of the simplest ways that that people are doing um extremely well. It's it's time for our headlines. We'll be right back. No, I've got news for you. Give me the news. Give it to me. Give me the news. TNT Radio News. <laughs> news flash. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. During a February 15th evidentiary hearing about disqualifying Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis from a high-profile racketeering case against former President Donald Trump and others, witness testimonies presented conflicting timelines regarding Ms. Willis's romantic relationship with Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade. Residents affected by the bushfires in western Victoria began returning to their communities, only to find extensive destruction. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, we got Ruckus hanging on uh, with us. You know, one thing I do have, you know, one, you know, I don't know what I'd call it, complaint or criticism or, or thing maybe that this is just not my thing, but ruckus, and I don't think it's your thing either, is it's it's really, I feel like I'm the only Christian here. Um, every, almost everyone's virtually talking about New Age, Gnostic uh, stuff, astral projection, all this, you know, occult 
which from my view would be considered like anti-Christ, anti-Christian stuff. And I'm like, sorry, I mean, that's really not my, not my thing. Uh, so, and you know, I don't know if you heard this story it was just, just breaking today. Dr. Mercola, who I've been a huge fan of, he just fired his sister from his company who's been there for like a decade or more and a whole bunch of other folks. And he's talking to some psychic who's channeling spirits in my view that's channeling demons talking to demons so mark mercola's taking this advice from de demons basically and i'm like this is sort of the, the a big portion now of the alt media movement and i'm like what is going on any thoughts on that and and what's happening with mercola yeah that's shocking to hear that uh about mercola um very disappointed to hear that, but I know what you mean. Um, and it comes kind of with the territory. It seems that you, I hear you and Terry Wolf talk about this quite frequently, actually, whenever he's on, um, it's something that I have also noticed for quite a while. Um, but here's why, you know, you're going to see a lot of crossroads with that, with like something like in an event where you're at there or the greater reset, where there's like all these alternative health things. And you've had a number of guests on your show recently that are also into all these alternative health. I've heard you talk about like gematria, sacred geometry, and like crystals and vibrations, all sorts of the gamut. And that's cool because that's what we're about is hearing everything that's out there and everything. But these, you know, when I look at that stuff, like crystals and, and other health things and the food and the diet, I mean, those are things that were created by our God, by the creator. And the, the failure comes when people latch on to those and just focus on that and think that that's a way for them, that they're in control now. They're, they're, they're fooling themselves in a way. Um, it says it in the Bible, uh, professing themselves to be wise, they were fools. This whole gnosis, this whole idea of knowledge, the smarter we get, the more it's not it's not so good sometimes you have to understand you have to you know be educating yourself from a very humble place science was born out of a, a way to understand and have a further respect for god and it's come very far away from that so if you 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 take that outside of like you know how how that happened with science you look at that historically you know progressively and there's lots of work and documentaries and books about this so i'm not just you know don't think i'm just saying this but i'm not an expert in this but the same kind of thing is happening in the alternative space because we feel like oh my gosh we we know something that the larger population doesn't the larger sheeple people they're stuck on the the pharma jabs and here we are, this smaller, tight-knit group of people who we really have the solution. We've got the answer. And it can guide to kind of subconsciously build a little bit of pride in oneself. And that's where the danger starts to come, I think. And then people start to dabble into it. But there, there are people who are just, they're straight up not Christian, you know. And then you listen to these people and they know what they're saying. And, you know, they, don't, don't. Don't shoot the messenger just because they're wacky if they're, they believe that, like, there's no God. But, you know, some of the things they're professing as far as how to eat a nice, safe, natural diet, I would agree with. Because, again, that natural diet came from God ultimately. But don't get wrapped up in the uh, the metaphysics of it. But I think that's why that happens so much, Aurora. It's a bit much for me, but, you know, David Avocado Wolf, again, um, I discard his stuff on, on on his take on some of this stuff, but his health stuff, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning from him when he talks about chocolate uh, and fasting and, and parasites and worms. I'm like, th there is something to that. And, and he's a nutritionist. And so there's a lot of good info there. You know, maybe we can meet in Texas, uh, Ruckus, at the Ron Paul conference. I assume they'll be doing it in, in Houston and 
in June. So we, I don't know if they're going to do the American Liberty Awards uh, again in, in August in, in Austin. That's probably the closest I'll get to Texas, although it is getting taxing traveling. Uh, but also, you know, something Jeff Berwick said initially that he, this might be it's the t this is the 10th annual Anarchopolico that it might be the last one. And he was um, saying that they, they they might pull something even crazier than COVID this year or next, which will have to do with the lights going out to some extent, cyber attack, cyber polygon type stuff. And it could it could happen. It may may, may not. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, wow. Did you see? Um, I can't. Man, I, I do so many of these news reports. Was it? Did I report with you or might have been somebody else about this unnamed threat coming from uh, the House Committee and Intelligence Committee? Did you see that story? It was with someone else, I think, but I, but I okay. did see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they came out finally. Okay. So this morning when I woke up, I'm like, people were talking about it on the mainstream news and everything. And they're all like, oh, it has something to do with space. And, and they left it hanging for a while. And then like an hour later, they're like, well, all we know is it has something to do with space and Russia. And then, then I was like, okay, for a minute, Harori, I'm not going to lie. For almost 24 hours, I thought, I thought they were about to roll out some alien stuff, bro. And, and, and when I realized that they're not, I realized, oh, but when they do, it's going to look exactly like this thing just played out. You know what I mean? They're just going to, they're just going to drop a little hint, you know, and then they're going to be everybody whipped up in a frenzy, you know what I mean? And then they're going to come out and like, well, you know, I don't want to scare anybody, but aliens, you know? <laughs> so like, but I'm not going to, I really thought they, they were about to pull that one. So, um, that one still has my spidey sense tingling that, that, that they might try to, an alien thing. Um, uh, because what else have they got? I mean, they've tried everything in my, in my lifetime, it seems now, and I'm not that old dude. So I've seen some stuff. Uh, so what are they going to pull out next to wow me? You want another pandemic? Been there, done that wars, done. you know, like what's next, bro? What you got? Bring it. I think they're really ready for it. I really do. Yeah, and one of the speakers this week, I can't recall, um, was saying it's that fear thing. I think it was Berwick saying as well when he was well, he was giving his theory, but that we lock up. Uh, you know, if we get caught up into that fear, you, your side of your your mind sort of locks up, and then you can't think rationally, and you also might get freaked out and and scared, and and that's why you know the deceptions will be increasing. The the the, the the sophistication of the deceptions will be increasing uh, and it'll get close to fooling even the best of us. And so we really have to be on guard. And I could just imagine the scene, you know, the, the mainstream starts blurting out the, the, the news, as, as you were just mentioning it, satellites, Russians, banks start to go down, hospitals, cyber attacks, news, just repetitive, as Jason Kristoff said on my show, right, the, the repetitive uh, they just repeat. That's the number one thing. They just keep repeating and get that into your head, th this fear, this narrative. Uh, and then you're seeing stuff go down and it's like, um, and then we won't have access to maybe our, our financials. Um, you know, you, you'll, you'll, maybe you'll see gas stations not functioning and they're going to have a sort of limited chaos. And then they can say, okay, we're going to have to introduce certain aspects of martial law, right? Rationing this that they bring back digital cards digital passports for rationing i mean i could easily imagine that sort of scenario no oh yeah me too and i could see like elon musk coming to the rescue with his starlink satellites oh we have communication again thanks to elon musk 
or something like that. Uh, totally. I mean, fear is is and always has been one of the greatest uh, control mechanisms that these uh, worldly elites, as they were, like to use. Uh, so, and that's not going to change anytime soon. I forgot about the cyber pandemic thing. So, yeah, thanks for reminding me. What a nice setup for that. Space weapons, satellites, knock something out. Oh, yep. Oops, Russia did it. Putin bad. Oh, see, Biden comes out. We, we, we told you, all you anti-Ukrainers, let's... Let's round you people up. If you were uh, pro-Putin during the Ukraine war, it's time for you to hit the FEMA camps, right? You know, I I, I do have my Starlink, but um, I, I think I might get a satellite phone. Even Jeff said he doesn't have a satellite phone, but because of the hurricane that hit here, uh, you know, he, he should get one. And those are good because even if the cell towers aren't functioning, you can make calls. But then I'm thinking if I'm calling someone they might not have their they're not going to have a satellite phone and their cell service might not be working either so who am i going to call with my with my satellite phone but it'd be good to have uh possibly you want to have these contingencies you know as curtis stone said in the program last night uh what do you say two is one and one is none uh you know I, and i learned this the last couple of months my internet had issues uh, i wouldn't have been able to broadcast uh but luckily i switched on my starlink i was already uh, prepared or i got a couple of passports that uh, you know that allowed me to escape from kazakhstan during covid 1984 uh, by myself and my uh family or you know if you've got different bank accounts one you have trouble with you use the other yeah you you got to be thinking about these things um yeah you know what other things are on the horizon um that you've been looking at ruckus well, I've been watching the spectacular fall of our stumbling bum of a president, Joe Biden, um, in particular, his cognitive uh, difficulties of late. Uh, he's been having some trouble in that department, and he just keeps doing it over and over and over. It's the gift that keeps on giving for folks who like to laugh at this stuff. But it's really scary when you think about it, because he is the president of the United States with his finger on a proverbial uh, button, as it were. Uh, but in this whole tit for tat over the the special counsel dude, uh, Robert Hur, I believe the guy's name was that everyone's been talking about lately, who, who said that, oh, yeah, Joe Biden. Yeah, he probably willfully did this. He did the wrong thing. But no jury would ever convict him uh, because his memory's bad and he's too old. Yada, yada, yada. Right. So he during all of that, Biden was blowing up at some reporters. I don't even remember what day it was. It wasn't that long ago. And he was like kind of screaming and yelling, how dare they bring up my son, Bo? And he was talking about that. Uh, well, it turns out that in the uh, the interview process that her did with Biden, it was not her or anyone in that 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 <laughs> they didn't ask about him. The president brought up his son himself. And then he was screaming at reporters later, how, like, saying, how dare they bring up my son when he was the one who had brought him up in the first place. So. There you have it. And he forgot. Go figure. Kamala Harris, 2024, or The Rock. They've been talking about The Rock, 2024. Who would, you know, who would be our Zelensky at this point? I, why don't they just get the guy who played uh, in, in, in Idiocracy? Why don't we just literally get him, that actor, to be 
to be the president. All right, we're going to jump to our break. We'll be right back. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. My company, weatherbell.com, already has a hurricane season from hell predicted for the United States next year. We're expecting three to five major landfalling hurricanes. We parallel or correlate next year to 2005, 2017, 2020. Now, we've had this out since December, been speculating on what could happen with this upcoming hurricane season since last hurricane season. A lot of this is because of the climate hypothesis I've developed. And it's interesting, I'm starting to see people tiptoe toward what my company, weatherbell.com, has had out. I do think it will turn into a stampede. The current El Nino is going to collapse rapidly in the spring, reverse to a La Nina. The main development region of the Atlantic is still very, very warm, except this year, it's not as warm in the North Atlantic. Now, what does that mean? Well, whenever it's not as warm in the North Atlantic and it's warmer near the equator, it means that the heat gets to incubate, as I call it, or bunch up in the areas that are the main development region. Last year, we saw storms developing and just going up north in the Atlantic and staying away from the United States. I don't believe that's the case this year. In addition, in looking at forecasted rainfall patterns for the upcoming hurricane season, we look at the Pacific and we see that from the Indian Ocean into the Western Pacific, it looks like phase two and three of the Madden-Julian oscillation. All the major hurricanes that have hit the United States that have developed within two days of the U.S. coast since 2017 have hit in phase two or three of the Madden-Julian oscillation. So here we are in February, reviewing our forecast from December, and we'll see who's right. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. One scorching heat wave will leave me powerless to cool my insulin. When the storm rolls in, my time to find a pet-friendly evacuation center will have run out. <laughs> I'm relying on luck, but who knows if it'll be on my side. When it comes to disasters and emergencies, it's not a matter of if, but when. Take control. One, assess your needs. Two, make a plan. Three, engage your support network. Let's prepare so we all have a better story to tell. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Ruckus looks a little different right now. I'm I'm just kidding. He's not with us. Patrick Flood joined us. He's a Gen Xer, originally from Maryland. He's been in Seattle for a while, now in Tennessee, IT professional by trade and musician at uh at heart and in september 2021 he was fired as a result of refusing to be injected with the pentagon ju juice with the darpa gene therapy the covid uh, vaccine mandate from his employer he went on to win a le legal settlement after suing them for wrongful uh termination welcome to tnt patrick thank you thank you for having me here and uh and, yeah excuse my lateness sorry about that but very good to be here yeah no words we're just ch chatting apparently we met uh, like three years ago, we didn't even know it. Uh, you were at Sayulita, at the Sayulita Super Spreader event that's near yes. Puerto Vallarta, the libertarian uh, shindig where Clint Russell was there, Mark Claire, yeah. um, my, myself, Anthony Samaroff, who was recently on the show, uh, and you were there. What a small uh, world. But yeah, tell us um, tell us a bit about what happened to you and your story. So in um, September of 21, I was I was in Seattle. I was working. Uh, I wasn't a direct government employee, but I was a, a contractor at, a, at an office there. And this was um, at the height of kind of the craziness. And the mandate came down, you know, Biden's mandate. And that affected 
you know, it, it affected some federal employees differently, but I was a contractor and then they came and it was kind of floating around the deadline for a while. And then there, then there came an email with a hard date that said, you must get vaccinated or submit to testing twice weekly by such and such a date. And it was kind of, it was like 10 days or two weeks out that this, you know, that was giving this hard line, like, this is it, you must comply. And it was on a Friday afternoon. And, um, you know, obviously, as I saw this, I was incredibly upset, but I tried to, I tried to take, take a while. And so I started drafting an email in between trying to, you know, I still, still continue doing my job. And I just said, I, I, you know, I didn't ask for an exemption. I didn't ask, you know, any of that. I just said, um, you know, if, uh, what this says is, you know, if I'm, if I'm, you know, supposed to do this, I refuse. Absolutely. I'm not gonna, I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna comply with any of this. I'm not going to take a test. I said, this is a violation of everything I can think of. It's a violation of, uh, you know, HIPAA, Nuremberg, natural law, the constitution, you know, fourth amendment, uh, anything, you know, it's like, this is, uh, and I will not do this under any circumstances. I'm not going to submit, you know, I just flat out said, uh, basically said F you is what it amounts to. Right. So it wasn't like, kind of like, Hey, can you spare me? It was just like, no, I'm not going to do this. So, um, that was a Friday afternoon by, you know, a few days go by, by the next week, uh, my boss was, and at this point I was working half, half like in the office and half at home. So the following week I was at home and by Thursday afternoon, so it would have been three and a half days later, my boss said, you know, Patrick, thank you for your hard work doing during these unusual times. Uh, tomorrow's your last day. Please bring back, you know, all your stuff, your ID, et cetera, your equipment back tomorrow. So got fired very, very quickly and very abruptly. Um, there was, they, you know, they didn't care about any due process or anything, you know, obviously it was just like, and this is Seattle, this is in the height of the insanity. So any, anyone kind of expressing any of those views just, you know, was seen as just, uh, you know, some kind of extremist or whatever. So there was really no negotiation They just said, you know, you're done. Um, and I'll try and make this pretty quick here. So one, when that happened, uh, luckily I was in touch with some people in Seattle who were, you know, we were kind of doing what we could. We were protesting. We were trying to help people, you know, in, in different situations who were in danger of losing their job and protesting the masks and lockdowns and all that kind of thing. So some of these people who I was acquainted with were starting this uh, little organization called Washington Civil Rights Council, and they were trying to help people who were in similar situations, trying to keep their job, who were facing mandates and, or, and people like me who got fired to, you know, to you know, take some legal action to to do something against these people. So luckily I got to uh, start talking with them. You know, you learned you learned the process of, you know, how to how to file a lawsuit, you know, learn some just some of the basics and you need to learn what are the what is the law behind it? What are you gonna what is your complaint based on? What is your your um cause of action, all these things. So just trying to get a from a from a ground zero amateur cliff notes version of the, you know, the law that I need to use to apply in the situation. So I spent a lot of time on that, um, submitted my lawsuit, finally submitted it in April of 2022. Um, and initially they didn't respond. And and I just thought, well, I thought, I said, well, they must not be taking me seriously. They should just think I'm a joke and I'm going to go away, you know, which maybe a fair amount of people do. So they didn't respond. So it, uh, after two months, 60 days, I... I had to pursue what's called a default judgment. So if a defendant doesn't appear, if they don't answer, if they don't submit something that says, I'm going to contest this, I'm going to have a legal defense, then they don't appear. That's what they did. So as I'm going through that process, uh, that that took months and months and months to try and figure out. And I took many missteps and many 
misfires with um, trying to you know file the paperwork, get that formatted correctly. I got all the stuff uh, kind of rejected and returned. Finally got that to where it was submitted and you know kind of the judge said okay now we'll have a hearing and when that hearing came around um essentially some of the language and some of the emails even though they hadn't responded said um you know you need to notify them of this hearing so the only i had one contact i was i was talking to one of their lawyers you know months back and i said well hey just so you know there's this default hearing that's happening so they when they got that they jumped into action and said oh my goodness you know we're, we're, we're gonna fight this this is baseless yada yada so their excuse was um that when i so, so when you serve someone of lawsuit you, you you get a process server you serve them papers right and they have they have an, an, an agent so their registered agent apparently accepted this paperwork they're apparently this is what they said their email contact they had on file was um it was an email box that wasn't being monitored they just missed it so whoever the the and the, the person who was monitoring this box didn't get to the correct person anyway so so the judge would not give me you know she said well this is not um obviously the strongest you know excuse if you want to say for um denying a default judgment but she said well mr Collette, i think if i were to give you it it's not as simple as now you get a big lump sum of money. You, there's still work to do. You would, it would go to another, they would appeal or go to another court. It would pr probably come back. So, so, and I felt the judge was fairly genuine. You know, I didn't know what to expect. Would, would the, would the judge be in the pocket of all these people? I don't know. You know, I didn't know what to expect, but she seemed um, genuine to me. And from that point, then that then it starts over. Now we have this whole new timeline of, okay, you get a new trial date and you go through all the process. So you go through discovery, um, you know, where it's where I asked them questions, they asked me questions, they tried to get me to, you know, they wanted me to prove how how I uh, how good my job search was and all this stuff. And and I asked them the the highlight that I'll say of the information I got. I had three three or four main questions. My question was, um, um, okay, who was involved in the discussion to terminate my my deployment? Please please name any individuals that would who was involved in these discussions. They say okay. And my second question was, among these people, who made the decision to terminate my employment? They said it was this person. And the third question I had was, um, did at any time during any of these you know, discussions, did anyone discuss the law or the legality of terminating my employment? And their question was in the court document, no, <laughs> no, they, you know, they didn't. So anyway, that was just one interesting highlight of, of that process. And then I went through a deposition. They deposed me. I just sat through four hours and they tried to grill me and, you know, check out how, you know, how I might present myself to a jury. Is this guy sympathetic? Will he, will he keep it together? Will he present to a court? And, you know, that's kind of their goal. So apparently I did fairly well in that process and, um, you know, follow, you know, that's kind of their goal. So apparently I did fairly well in that process. And, um, you know, follow a little month or two after that um, in Washington state, part of the process of going through these um, cases is that you are required to engage in what is called a alternate dispute resolution. So, you know, depending on the situation, you need to at least engage in some kind of a conversation that says, hey, can we find some way to resolve this other than going to trial and going that way? Even if you're not sincerely uh, interested in doing that, you have to go through the motion. So. They sent me an offer to say, um, hey, we'd like to do a mediation. Let's do mediation. We have a mediator that we we have worked with and we feel good about. And, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a little um, skeptical of, of this. And so and um, and their first offer was that 
we'll split the costs. You know, you you both pay the mediator, and at the end, you know, you agree to to accept the decision. And I had some reservations about that. I said, well, I'm, I'm not really comfortable about paying for that. And number two, I don't know this person, and what if um, you know? I'm not sure I would have to. I'm not sure I'd be able com- feel comfortable accepting whatever their decision might be. So I'm, I'm a little little wary of what what's going on here. And they said, okay, how about we'll pay for it, and and you don't you, you know, and you still have the choice to accept you know whether or not whatever they just you know whatever they the process goes through, um, you know, you can choose to take it or leave it. And so I said, well, it's a, it's a free roll, right? Then there's you know I, there's really couldn't lose. And that was that was a victory in itself. Um, so as it you know continued on after that, we set the date. They got a, they got a mediator, and that process essentially it's it's um and it was over Zoom because at this point I was in Maryland where I grew up, and this is all taking place in Seattle as far as the mm-hmm. court. And just let you know, Patrick, we we got about um three to four minutes left. Um, yep. And I'd love to have you back at a future point to talk about some of the other stuff that we're going to cover. But um, if you could just um, yeah, get, well, get a little for, and then I want to hear you know hear about how you feel and and, and your takeaway um, and, and all that. Yeah. So yeah. So to make it uh, to wrap it up, um, you know, went through that process. We went back and forth. There's a mediator there, and essentially you start at a number, and you you know you say how about this number, how about that number, how about this number, and we got to a number, and we agreed, and I was content with it, and. That's the really that's the the short the short version of it, but um that's how it that's how it resolved. It, it played out over two years that whole process of you know so and it was it was um you know pretty tedious and very challenging at times you might imagine, but I came away with with that victory. So, so to clarify, you, you didn't go to court. It was settled with the mediator. Yes, yes. And you were content with that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, similar... theoretically, I could have you know said. I want more. I want to do this, but um, to to undertake going to to try and represent myself as an amateur attorney in a in a court of law is a pretty crazy thought. So that was um, that that's what I would have been looking at, right? So, and yeah, you know, I had uh, in Kazakhstan one of my colleagues lost uh, his job and he didn't get anything. Um, and one of my colleagues in Mexico, where I used to work, she also got fired, kind of like you, but because it, it's it's not legal. Here in Mexico to fire anyone for no reason, uh, she did get a severance uh, based on her how long she she'd been working. Uh, and in, in the short time that we have left, what sort of your takeaway and and feelings as to all everything that w- that went on, you know, lessons, um, the nature of this totalitarianism and what whatnot. I think I just have to say that, um, and it wasn't you know there were times where it was very difficult, and I thought about. I never thought about I'm going to quit, but I thought about if this continues because it's so, you know, I just I just think that the, what I'll take away from it is that um, in the grand scheme of things, it's a small victory, but it is a victory. Like I just like it was not in me like I had to fight. It was, it was just not in me to not essentially. So I just it's it's like because with the way this played out, I feel it's just it's it's evil. It's a it's it's it, that's what's being inflicted on everyone who fought against this. And I'm going to do whatever I can. And um, anybody who can take a little bit of, um, you know, enjoyment from that, like it's a it's a small victory, but it was even if I didn't get, you know, a monetary sum at the end, those those bastards deserve to have someone fight back against them. So that's what I'll take away from it. So, no, I think you did an amazing job and something people can um, use you as as an example and model. I think you did it perfectly right. And um, even people freedom minded 
would doubt themselves and possibly have trouble doing what what you did and so that is awesome um is real quick is there we're out of time anywhere people can go to find you or or no uh well i have a i had a podcast i'm i'm gonna i'm planning to reboot it pretty soon it's called winston smith's diary if you know the reference and um it should be back on all your uh podcast uh players uh soon and i'm at win smith diary uh on twitter if you want to check me out there and um yeah i hope to be back up and doing that more frequently soon right we're we're out of time i'd love to have you back uh thanks for for that steve malzberg is up next uh